0: What an exciting series that you're having on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Different from Romans chapter 12 and the motivational gifts. Different from the gifts of Christ, the the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I would like to start by showing you uh, a couple of just video things here. And this was taken in in South Africa, a ministry that I, I also serve, along with Neil Hart that you know and. Um, and these people in this uh, ministry called Global Challenge they were trying to find water on their property so could we show the first slide Uh, 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 uh. now I was real excited when I saw that And and I said, hey, how far did you go? And they went 70 meters, and according to my mathematical wife here, uh, she said, that's about 230 feet. (laughs) Um, It's not an exact science, but around about there, okay? Uh, That's for you number ones in the room. Uh, Anyway, um, and then the, the, the lady that runs the ministry, Anna Marie Franken, she said, yeah, we went 70 meters, but we went further. They went 105 meters, that's nearly 200, uh, 350 feet you, and they hit the gusher and to me it's like a picture of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you get saved the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. But then there's this thing we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God wants to dig deep into your heart and my heart so that we hit the gusher. Amen. Because, you see, you can get up in the morning and you can just speak in tongues a little bit and read John 3.16, go to work, and you think you're fine. But what about your neighbor that's not fine? Because until you hit the gusher, you're not going to touch the world. Amen? And I got—I used to be a commercial fisherman, so uh, some of my illustrations come from that. So um, we, this is a life belt. You see, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like, life to someone else as they are spoken through you as you prophesy over someone that can bring life to them and if you get a word of knowledge you know when you're in doing your grocery that lady at the that's serving you you only have a minute by the time you've paid and and you know that word could be a lifeline to her and you're like throwing a life belt she may be drowning he may be drowning and some sin or some difficulty in life but we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit that operate through us so that we can be those and I've got um, Zach's rope, Isaac's rope today and it's like throwing a lifeline you throw a lifeline to someone when they're drowning it may be the, oh, close close <laughs> Ah, uh, there you go. You see, and it's just enough to help someone to break through in their life. You may be even are here today and you've had a near-death experience through drowning. God wants to save you today. He wants to throw you a lifeline of his love and his grace because he is a God of faithfulness. And we're going to look at, um, at prophecy this morning, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna look at two scriptures first here. And you know, we often start here in Joel chapter 2, verse 29, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams. And if you're like me, a young man, you'll still see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in these days. Now that's what Joel said, but this is what Peter said. It changed slightly um, as, as, as Peter got up to speak in the day of, on the day of Pentecost. And he says, it shall come to pass in the last days. You're the last days believers. And this is a promise to each and every one of us and we need to be those that would receive. So we need to fine tune that receiver, tune out all the religion that's told you it's not for today and tune in to what the Holy Spirit is doing today. Because it says in Hebrews chapter three, verse seven, the Holy Spirit says today, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Because if you walk out of here and say, well, I don't believe what he said, I liked his accent, but I don't believe what he said, you've just hardened your heart. Amen. So, this is what Peter is saying. He's saying, It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In the last part, and they shall prophesy. And Peter, uh, Joel said prophecy once, but Peter emphasizes it a second time in his sermon in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And we, we need to understand that God wants us to be that prophetic people today. I mean, the days of the church being a little bit pathetic is over in Jesus' name. We need to be prophetic and proactive and throwing a lifeline to the world and letting and encouraging the world, exhorting the world to be changed, amen? Giving comfort to the world, we'll come to that in a minute as we, we, we go through here. And you know, there's no excuse for any of us because this is a great scripture. And 1 Corinthians 14, 31, it says, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged because God wants a church that's encouraged, you know? We don't want to be going out here looking as though we're baptized in lemon juice. We need to come here and know we're being encouraged, amen? Oh, I went to church today. You know, you're going to the restaurant. The lady there serving you is trying to be happy, but she's really gone through a hard time at home. And there you sitting there miserable. Oh, you don't look very well today. Where have you been? Oh, I've been to church. <laughs> you know, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. You got to get through her 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 you know her wall to be able to speak into her life and leave her with the encouragement. That encouragement is called. The prophetic, you see seven times in First Corinthians 14, it speaks the word encouragement or encourage, and we need to be those that encourage one another. Now, if your husband didn't encourage you ladies before you left this morning, dig him in the ribs, you know, because he should have, okay? Did I encourage you this morning? Oh, I got it. Forgive me, Father, for I have (laughs) sinned. I married this very real lady. She's not going to hold back. Anyway, praise the Lord. We will move swiftly on. (laughs) Um, And and so we'll look at some things here. Why should we prophesy? Why should we do this? Well, because you need it. Oh, your enthusiasm overwhelms me. (laughs) You really make me feel, you know, yeah, I need it. And um, so it's gonna be an easy altar call today, and nobody needs anything, amen. Um, yeah, so we need it, amen. The church needs it, amen, doesn't she? The nation needs it. Well, Great Britain certainly needs it. I know your nation's doing well, but... Doesn't the nation need it, amen? We certainly need God to move and God to do something in these days. And you know, no political leader is going to be able to do it for you. We can do it because we're called to do it. He wants you and me to do what God has called us to do. He he wants us to lead out. He wants us to bring encouragement where we don't see it, maybe. And he wants us to, to reach the nations and the nations of the world need it. You know, I had the privilege of being in Poland um, with a guy called John Paul Jackson. He was quite a, a renowned prophet. He's in heaven now. And um, when we were in, in, you know, doing that, we, you know, it's just God sometimes says things to you, and it's always good to be obedient, like taking this with you to preach with today, you know, <laughs> um, and, or a, a little piece of rope, whatever it might be. Well, I was sitting having dinner in this city in Poland. And what happened was um, um, the Lord said, I want you to go buy five loaves, five loaves. So I laid down my fork and knife. We use a knife in Scotland. Um, and and, uh, um, and and I went to the baker's uh, store around the corner and I bought five. Now, Polish bread comes like this, maybe a bit like Lithuanian bread, no, big loaves. And so I had a sack of loaves You know, like that, so I come back into the restaurant like this, put it under the chair and everybody's looking at the loaves. Um, And then, um, so I went to the meeting, picked up my Bible, picked up my bread and I went to the, and and everybody's looking at the loaves. I put them under the chair, I didn't know what it was for. Um, And then John Paul Jackson walks in, he said, God hasn't given me liberty to say anything tonight in this meeting, have you got a word? I said, no, but I've got five loaves. And then the Lord spoke and he said, Poland has eaten the the, the crumbs of Europe and of Germany and of Russia for 70 years. And the Lord wants to restore the children's bread, the bread of healing. The place went wild. Half of them were Catholics, they just went crazy as we began to give them the bread of life and the bread of healing into the nation. And these are the kind of things that God wants us to do. And that's what the prophetic word is all about. As we would reach out to people and to see God move. So what will prophecy do? Well, number one, it reveals the love of God for the body of Christ. The body of christ is you know you texans are they need to be loved a bit more amen don't we need to love the body of christ amen well it's as we prophesy as we speak the word of god then we begin to see his love revealed it says in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 pursue love desire the spiritual gifts but especially that you would prophesy. That word pursue means like the hunter pursues his prey. And we need to go after it, We're, and that's love. You know, the human kind of love is not going to do it, but the love of God, it says in Romans chapter 5, 5, has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's giving the Holy Spirit the recognition of where He lives within us, amen? And we employ who He is in our lives. And all that gifts of the Holy Spirit can pour in and through you and me. I once heard a guy say, well, you can only have one of these gifts, you know? I said, oh dear. Oh dear, is that what you think? Well, just read Acts chapter nine, where this guy Ananias, um, he gets words from God and he goes to see this guy Saul of Tarsus. He was a murderer. You know, he was taking people prisoner, taking them to Jerusalem, all sorts of things going on in his life. And God gave specific words. But the thing that, that Ananias was to do more than anything was to prophesy to him of the things that would happen to him now, he received words of knowledge and all these other parts to go and to do what God told him to do. Now, the, his first response is same as my response would be, I know you wouldn't have been, but you weren't there, so okay, but it's like, it's like if, oh no, wait a minute, Lord, wait a minute, wait, just wait a minute, Lord, maybe you didn't know, but this guy is arresting Christians, you know? But what does God say? Go, no emotion, expressed by the Lord. He didn't even get a, ah, just go, would you? Would you just go? If you go, you'll begin to see things happening. And so he went, he pursued, and and it was in that going, in that going to the street called Straight, and the most beautiful words in that scripture for me is this. He reaches the place, he goes into the room, and he says, Brother Saul, something had changed on his journey. You see, when God tells you to go, that's when you're gonna change on your journey. And you'll begin to see God work and see God move in ways maybe that you didn't expect. And then the apostle Paul arose from that place because God had spoken through a prophetic word to him and brought him in, and so how do you even think the Apostle Paul got all this stuff on the gifts of the Holy Spirit? His face hits the ground on the road to Damascus. He's blinded, and then he's praying. He's praying over three days. He just met Jesus. Some of us may be here We've known him for 50 years and haven't really gone yet in that sense. So I'm not getting on to you old people, I'm old too. No, I'm not. Anyway, but um, you know how it is? We're, we're like that sometimes. We're, we're slow to react and slow to move in what God wants us to do. But he wants us to go and he wants us to do what he's called us to do in these days because he is a God of faithfulness. And listen, love, is the motivator love is the language of the holy spirit you know um first corinthians 13 you know us preachers love to use it at a wedding where everybody goes oh but it wasn't put in the bible for weddings though we use it and it's a great scripture it's a love scripture of the bible amen but it's there in the context of the gifts of the holy spirit Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, and then chapter 14. So the Apostle Paul, he takes prophecy out of 12, he dips it into 13, and he puts love and prophecy together in 14 so that we would be operating in these gifts in the proper way. Because if there is no love, don't prophesy. Just don't do it because you'll hurt rather than heal and the heart of God is to heal in these days so we pursue love and we desire spiritual gifts amen there's a guy a lord in Samford he said this if the modern church walks in powerlessness it's not because we hold too little faith it's because we do not have enough love amen Love is the motivator. Zodiates says this about the word pursuit. It means to follow, to press hard after, to pursue, pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain. The love of God's not difficult to obtain. Give it to me, Lord. Open up your heart to him. Embrace the presence of the Lord and love will begin to flow. Amen? And then he says desire. Bill Johnson says about desire in his book, When Heaven Touches Earth, if we never become a people of desire, we will never accurately or effectively represent Jesus on the earth. We need desire. We need to have a desire for it. You know, it was back in 1979 we were in Waiwam, and this prophet walked into a room and um he he has got 50 students there and and he walked up to me and I was a good Presbyterian at the time believe me I was um and uh, he he walked up to me and he said have you ever prophesied I said no he said why and if you'd seen the bubble here I said all that died with John Knox okay anyway but um and, and, but he didn't see the bubble, praise God. Anyway, he laid hands on me. I fell on the ground and he just looked at me and he said, when I tell you, you will prophesy. I think we could do that in this room today. When I tell you, you're gonna prophesy. Amen. But let the desire grow within your heart. And I remember I'm sitting there going, thus saith God, I better sound like a Pentecostal. Ooh, yeah. And then, you know, you're trying to make things up. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I was in one side of the room and this other guy was in the other side of the room and he said, right, you, get over here, prophesy over him. And I went. It was the goal part of it. And when I reached the guy, the word of the Lord came. Because God is a God of faithfulness. Amen? And then from there, the desire grew. Because I'm often asked, how is it you can do what you do? Well, 1970. Uh, September 1979, I started to prophesy, and I've never stopped doing it since. And that's the key for us to be the people that we're called to be in Jesus' name. And then it's to edify, verse 3 um, of 1 um, Corinthians 14. But he who or she who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Amen. Now I've got to watch my clock here. Edify, to edify the church, to build the church up. Well, that was a terrible church I was in. Yeah, No, 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 you've got to build the church up, you know. Before you come, you ever think of giving a, oh, I wonder if I've got a word for the preacher today. I receive it if you come and give it to me. But, you know, you're part of the church. When did you last bring a word to someone else? Because give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running out all over. That's the kind of response we need and we want to see happen in the overflow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit out of our lives. And it's to edify, to build the church up. Edification, as I've said, is mentioned seven times in this chapter alone. And in, ver- in one of these scriptures, one of these verses, in verse 12 of chapter 14, even so you, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Yeah. It's not to promote you, it's not to make you something, make you great or, or get your name on a board or anything like that, but it's seeking to see other people excel and, and reach out further than you've ever reached in your life, amen? And we want to see other people grow into it. It says this in Acts 15, verse 30. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they gathered a the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, read, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophet, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So they read Paul's letter and then they're looking at the congregation and say, well, that's fine. Now, what about you over there? Are you over here? Are you over here? You need some encouragement. Let's encourage you, amen? Because that's the heart of God in the midst of it. The second and the next third thing is, it's to exhort the church. It's to stir the church up. Now, if you look at motivational gifts, One of my motivational gifts is not only prophecy, but it's to stir the church up. I wanna stir you up today. Not mix you up, stir you up. To get into what God has called you. I want you to hit the gusher. You see, um, the lady said to me, and we went further. But this is what I want to say to you today. We can go further. No, I want a louder amen in that. We we can go further. That's the only way something's gonna happen in San Diego if we go further in Jesus' name. I've nearly preached myself happy. Who cares about you now? Anyway, amen. It's all about, it's, it's, it's all about knowing him and knowing his love and his grace in and over our lives in these days. That word, um, exhortation, Um, It comes from a Greek word parakletos Which means to exhort or to encourage It's related to the word that Jesus used About the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, Describing the Holy Spirit He wants to stir you up You see sometimes we come to a worship service Oh come Holy Spirit He's there He's there And what we need to do is Come Holy Spirit And let me give you away to someone else Let me throw you a lifeline. Let me reach out to someone else. When you're discouraged, look for the most discouraged person in the room. You'll easily find them. They'll look as though they're baptized in lemon juice. Just go for them. Release a word of encouragement to them. You can laugh at my jokes, by the way, or I might just leave. But anyway, you know, um, it's, it's, it's time to stir one another up into love and good works. Amen that we would see God work and see God move um, in these days. Amen. Hebrews 10:24. let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Now, it's easy for you today to, con- you don't really, really need to consider it. Just start prophesying. Oh, one amen, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Just start doing it. You see, doing it is doing it. And it's that reaching out in love to bless and to encourage, amen? amen. The third thing, this it stirs the church into it stirs the church into action. Action. There's a frightfully nice English prophet says this. Graham Cook, it, he says, as a golden rule in times of discouragement, release the prophetic amongst the congregation, or send for the prophet. Amen. It stirs up. He wants to stir us up to do that which he's called us to do. There's a guy called Haggai in the Bible. That, I don't know if that's how you say it, but he was God's messenger. He starts giving words like he said, oh, you live in a nice fancy house, but what about the house of the Lord? And I said, he said, you got holes in your pockets. Your money is going nowhere. Um, you just need to get up that mountain, cut that wood, come back down here and start building the house of God. Oh, and by the way, the Lord is with you. And then that's the revealed version, okay? And then the next thing is the people volunteered because they knew that God was with them, amen? That's all we need to know as we go to the grocery store. We're not just going to buy something. We know that God is with us in the midst of what we're doing and where we are. And it's an opportunity for you and me. The fourth thing is this, it is for the comfort of men and women you know and that's not this kind of comfort just oh poor little you because you're not going to have that opportunity to do that in the grocery store because there's someone behind you and you know they're in a hurry too and so you're going to give that word of comfort you know that word comfort comes from two latin words the word cum and the word fortis it means the word cum means with the word fortis means strength So it's a word given with strength. So a word to strengthen the person behind the counter. A word to to strengthen the person on the bus or wherever it is that you may be. And you only get a few seconds to do that. You don't have time for the awe all the time. Amen. Just send them to the counselor. You're not the counselor. You're the prophesier. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm warming you up now. (laughs) It's for the comfort of men. I love this scripture. Hey, pastors, listen to this scripture. Oh, I love this one. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says this. Then the church through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Oh, I love it. Could you just pray for the pastors to waken up, Amen? No, I'm joking. Anyway, but uh, it'll throw me out. Um, but you know, it's 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 a word of comfort that causes multiplication. Let me read it this way to you. Now the churches in san diego and, and california and, and w- had peace and were edified because you're all going to start prophesying and walked in the fear of the, and the comfort of the holy spirit they were multiplied amen. multiply say that word with me multiply amen that's your job to start poor prophesying that multiplication would take place Oh, but I don't like big churches. Oh my goodness, give me a break, will you? <laughs> hey, That means them out there are not going to get saved because you don't like a big church. Multiplication. Amen? We'll multiply you out and you can be a church on your own, maybe. No, it doesn't work that way. Amen? I'm having fun now, Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, comfort is to cheer the church up. Life can be hard, circumstances can lead to bitterness, our hearts can become calloused, and we can end up in critical mode and become a very cynical about our lives, the church, or even God himself. Tragedy can strike out of the blue and we can be left very confused. In times like this, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, can drop a word into our hearts, that can melt us, heal us, dull or remove the pain. It can refresh and help us out of the hole and see things from God's perspective. It's the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That word coming with strength to bless and to encourage. Another quote by Graham Cook. I strongly believe that the more encouraging, exhorting and comforting prophecy We have the better our churches can be blessing and encouragement stir up the anointing hallelujah Hallelujah. you know um there was a road accident one time we we served in one of our churches and there was this big detour on a sunday afternoon and after it i learned that my aunt was killed in a motor uh, a road accident my cousin uh, she was really badly injured and was in ICU. And uh, so she was in and out of consciousness. Were you there with me when we went to the hospital? No. So I went to the hospital and, you know, and I was praying for her. And, and just as I was praying, you know, I, I just spoke the word into her life. And I said, you're going to live and not die. And she was a lay preacher in the Methodist church. And you're going to preach again. And she came out of the hospital and she said, I said, do you remember when I came and saw you? She said, I don't remember it too much, but I remember what you said. I remember what you said. There's another instance back in, in uh, Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma. I, I, I was getting ready to, to go to the airport. This lady came in judy hartsock you never say no to her and anyway she said i need you to come to the hospital i said on my way to catch a plane oh but i'll take you to the plane but we need to go to this hospital there's a lady that took an overdose and she was in critical condition and and i said right let's go to the hospital so i ran in there found this room walked in and here's this husband sitting as sad as anything of course he was and she's lying comatose, and I prayed over her and said, you will live and not die, and you will declare the works of the Lord. That's the only thing she heard, even though she was comatose. You see, the word of the Lord breaks through. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and he wants that word coming out of your word, out of your mouth and out of my mouth so that we can be world changers, amen? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to change the world. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Le- Amy Carmichael, oh, is another great quote. God is with us to make us strong. Comfort is not soft, weakening commiseration. It is true, strengthening love. True, strengthening love. Amen? Would you like to stand to your feet?